This is July 29, and every day is a holiday with Mary Stone. This is our podcast celebrating every day of everyone's life. Our message is simple, and it is that we are all of one spirit. What does that mean? The statement that we are all of one spirit challenges us to honor that which unites us. Instead of fueling the us and them mentality that will ultimately lead to our demise. We are all of one spirit. Holidays, holy days, happy days. We celebrate life, love, loss, and legacy. This is our Commonwealth. On this day, in 1958, the U.S. Congress passes legislation establishing the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, a civilian agency responsible for coordinating America's activities in space. NASA has since sponsored space expeditions, both human and mechanical, and have yielded vital information about the solar system and the universe. It has also launched numerous Earth-orbiting satellites that have been instrumental in everything from weather forecasting to navigation to global communications. NASA was created in response to the Soviet Union's October 4, 1957 launch of its first satellite, Sputnik 1. The 183-pound basketball-sized satellite orbited the Earth in 98 minutes. The Sputnik launch caught Americans by surprise and sparked fears that the Soviets might also be capable of sending missiles with nuclear weapons from Europe to America. The United States prided itself on being at the forefront of technology and, embarrassed, immediately began developing a response, signaling the start of the U.S.-Soviet space race. On November 3, 1957, the Soviets launched Sputnik 2, which carried a dog named Lakia, or Laika, I think it's Laika. In December, Americans attempted to launch a satellite of its own, called Vanguard, but it exploded shortly after takeoff. On January 31, 1958, things went better with Explorer 1, the first U.S. satellite to successfully orbit the Earth. In July of that year, Congress passed legislation officially establishing NASA from the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics and other government agencies, and confirming the country's commitment to winning the space race. In May 1961, President John F. Kennedy declared that America should put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. On July 20, 1969, NASA's Apollo 11 mission achieved that goal and made history when astronaut Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on the moon saying, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. NASA has continued to make great advances in space exploration since its first moonwalk, including playing a major part in the construction of the International Space Station. The agency also has suffered tragic setbacks, however, such as the disasters that killed the crews of the Challenger Space Shuttle in 1986 and the Columbia Space Shuttle in 2003. In 2004, President George Bush challenged NASA to return to the moon by 2020 and establish an extended human presence there, 
that could serve as a launching point for human missions to Mars and to worlds beyond. By the beginning of 1967, the Doors were well-established members of the Los Angeles music scene. As the house band at Whiskey A Go Go on Sunset Strip, they had built a large local following and strong industry buzz. And out on the road, they were fast becoming known as the band that might typically receive third billing, but could blow better known groups like the Young Rascals and the Grateful Dead off the stage. It would have been poetic if their popular breakthrough had come via their now classics debut single, Break On Through but that record failed to make the national sales charts despite the efforts of Jim Morrison and his bandmates to fuel the song's popularity by repeatedly calling in for requests for it to local LA radio stations. It was the follow-up release from their debut album, The Doors, which would become their first bona fide smash, Light My Fire, which earned the top spot in Billboard Hot 100 on this day in 1967 transform the Doors from cult favorites of the rock into international pop stars and avatars of the 1960s counterculture. As Light My Fire climbed the charts in June and early July, the Doors were out on the East Coast still plugging away at his opening act. Example, for Simon and Garfunkel in Forest Hills, Queens, and as sometimes headliners in Greenwich, Connecticut High School Auditorium. When the group topped the charts in late July, Jim Morrison celebrated by buying his now-famous skin-tight black leather suit and beginning to hobnob with the likes of the iconic model muse Nico at drug-fueled parties held by Andy Warhol. Attempting to keep Morrison grounded were not only his fellow doors Robbie Krieger, Ray Manzarek, and John Desmore, as well as the professional manager they had hired to in part babysit him, but also his long-term girlfriend Pamela Corson, who is quoted in Jerry Hopkins and Danny Sugarman's Doors biography, No One Here Gets Out Alive, as greeting the sight of Jim Morrison preening in front of a mirror at home before a show in the summer of 1969 with, Oh Jim, are you going to wear those same leather pants again? You never change your clothes. You're beginning to smell. Did you know that? In the end, of course, Morrison's heavy drinking and drug use would lead to increasingly erratic behavior over the next four years and eventually take his life in July of 1971. During that period, The Doors would follow up Light My Fire with a string of era-defining albums and songs including People Are Strange, Love Me Two Times, and The End in 1967, Hello, I Love You, and Touch Me, in 1968, and L.A. Women and Riders on the Storm in 1971. There is always a holiday somewhere on this planet. Find a reason for joy and share it. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I'm Mary Stone, the Irreverent Interfaith Reverend, with my writing partner, the Holy Mess, and Holy Nice, Brian O'Malley, 